Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Year, session number 343. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you for taking some time to join me today. I'm excited to talk with our guest today, a nurse turned pre-med or I should say maybe a pre-med turned nurse back to pre-med talking about her journey to medical school, battling migraines, her own personal health issue, and much more. And finally, after seven long years on this journey, finally getting into medical school. Mila, welcome to the pre-med years. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. I'm super excited. When did you first realize that you wanted to be a physician? Um, Oh, God. My journey was a little long. Um, So I guess I'm just going to back up to kind of how I got to the U.S. Um, When I was little, I sort of shadowed my aunt. She's a cardiologist, and I had some heart problems. So I ended up actually kind of shadowing her as a little girl, um, just going to see patients and things like that. And I got to the U.S. uh, with my family when I was 15. So that was like 20 years ago. And initially, uh, when I graduated high school, I wanted, I I just loved languages. And so I um, went to Seton Hall University as an international relations major, because I really wanted to work in the embassy, kind of make the change on a global level. But then I realized politics was not for me. And I kind of went back to the love that I've always had for helping people. And kind of from there, I was like, well, let me just see if I can become a doctor. And it's, I kind of resonated with what my aunt was doing. And so my journey kind of started from there, but I went into, I switched majors and instead of going pre-med route, I went into nursing. Why did you do that? Well, when we came to the U.S., I started working right away to support myself. Um, 
just the essentials that I needed. I kind of wanted to take some pressure pressure off of my parents. And so I worked from the time that I came throughout high school and college. And I felt like as a pre-med, um, I don't know, I just kind of felt like with nursing, it would give me more exposure to the healthcare field and kind of decide really what I wanted to do with my life, but also have like a jump start into a career that I can start working right away and then decide what I wanted to do after. But being a doctor was kind of always deep down in my heart. You know, it was always a, a dream. I just, I knew it was going to take a long time to get there. In Ukraine, um, once you graduate high school, you can go into medical school right away. But with the U.S., it's different. And so needing to have a bachelor's before medical school, I felt like nursing would probably be better for me. Were you using it as a plan B? Like if I can't get into medical school, at least I'll have this to fall back on? You know, honestly, I don't even know what I was thinking <laughs> at that time. Um, you know, as a as an immigrant, I didn't know what were my chances of getting into medical school. I didn't know how hard the MCAT was at that time. Um, and so I just knew that the journey was really long and hard. And I guess maybe in some way, nursing was a plan B. You can say that. So let's talk about your your undergrad journey. You are doing a nursing major, right? Yeah. When, right? So you say, okay, I want to be a doctor. I'm going to go major in nursing. So my guess is that you took the MCAT still your junior year and applied to medical school and you got in, right? And here we are today. No. So <laughs> what happened? My journey was a little crazy. Um, so I, um, my first year at Seton Hall was 2002. Um, the first year, that's when I realized I needed to change majors. It wasn't for me. Um, and so I switched and I ended up in undergrad for five years instead of four. Um, and so I started nursing in 2003 and from that on, like I, you know, the first day of classes, um, when kind of people went around the room saying which field of nursing they wanted to work in. And I was like, well, I want to be a doctor. I didn't know what I was doing then. I never actually went to, um, counselor, uh, because, you know, once you're nursing school, kind of people want you to become a nurse and, I didn't know who to go for advice to. So I kind of resorted to just researching online, but I went through nursing school, graduated in 2007, started working and went through ICU orientation, which was like six months. And then in 2000, um, 2012, actually, this one, I started my pre-med journey. I had some health issues on the way. I needed a surgery. Um, and so my journey was a little bit pushed um, all the way to 2012. So I'm very non-traditional. Why did you not pursue medical school sooner? Um, so when I graduated, started working um, in the ICU, I wanted to start right away. Um, during orientation, it was kind of impossible. Um, but uh, while I was orienting to the ICU, it, I was learning so much that I had to wait a little bit. So after a year into the ICU experience, I was like, okay, I can get on this. I can start classes. But then I started having um, 
chest pains and they were pretty frequent. And prior to that, I was having left arm pain. It was like nerve pain that was bothering me for years, but I kind of like lived through that. Didn't really take any note to it. But once the chest pains started, um, it was concerning because I didn't want to start school while I was not feeling well. And so I started going to cardiologists and nobody could find what was wrong with me. And finally, I went for MRI and that's how uh, the physicians discovered that I had schwannoma. Um, I ended up going through surgery. Um, uh, it was a cervical surgery. And so at the end, I uh, ended up having a lot of pain, um, uh, shoulder tightness, suboccipital pain, a lot of migraines. And that really pushed my journey into uh, starting uh, pre-med classes by a few years. I was just in so much pain. I didn't know how I could even start school or even think about medical school. And so that's the reason I ended up starting all the classes in 2012. What was it that finally said, okay, now is the time? Um, I was healing. I was feeling better. Um, I actually started incorporating just smoothies and juices. And my migraines were not under control, but all the other pain was better. And um, I kind of like worked with neurologists to figure out what to do to help me with pain. But I, I just, I'm not a quitter. And I, I was actually at that time, I was kind of like thinking maybe I'll just live through this pain. Maybe it's how it's going to be for the rest of my life. I don't know, but I have to, um, I have to get through this classes one way or another. And uh, I figured, well, if I take maybe one class at a time and see how I do um, and go from there. But eventually I ended up uh, kind of curing my own migraines uh, through a vegan, uh, becoming vegan. And But that was like years later after I screwed up on my MCAT. So that was like in 2015 when I became vegan and my migraines completely went away. But for a good three years of the pre-med uh, classes, I still suffered with migraines. So it sounds like you had to deal with a lot of, of things for yourself before you could focus on everything else that you would have to do for medical school. And it's not, it wasn't a period of second guessing whether you wanted to do this. It was just finding the time that you knew you could actually do it. Yeah. I mean, the time was never right. You know, it was always something. Um, if it's my physical pain that I was going through, and then eventually my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, there was always something. So I don't think there will ever be a right time to start the pre-major, the whole pre-med journey. You just have to start it. And so I just started with or without pain. I had to do it and go from there. Did you ever think, well, you're a nurse, you're making money you're living your life. Why not just stay on the path you're on? Um, honestly, when I was um, having a lot of migraine episodes, even then, I still wanted to become a doctor no matter what. Um, I did have thoughts of going for a nurse practitioner, but after working uh, in the ICU with uh, physicians, both MD and DOs with nurse practitioners, I just always knew medicine was for me. And so I didn't want to settle, like no matter what it took. Um, 
And so nurse practitioner, like I never really considered it fully. And then when my friends who actually went to become nurse practitioners started to convince me um, that that journey is a little faster, that you, um, it only takes two years to become NP, um, it almost kind of like pushed me away. I don't know, like, I guess when people try to push you into something, uh, at least with me, I, I kind of like stay away from that. And so that almost like pushed me away further. Um, and I just, I always said, no, that's not for me. Yeah. Heck, you're not the boss of me. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the MCAT. You took it three times. Yes. Um, oh God. Uh, so I took it in, uh, if I'm going to get my years right, uh, the old one I took twice, uh, 2014 and 2015. And then the new one I took last year. So that was last September, September 18. What happened the first couple times that you took it? Why do you think you struggled so much with it? Um, so the old MCAT I took while I was still going through pain that I've had, uh, migraines it was really challenging to study uh and even take the long exam i remember actually having migraine on the actual mcat and you know i really hoped that i would do okay and i didn't uh the first exam i scored 17 um my lowest score was in verbal um my sciences i had 7 and 8 mm. and then uh, in 2015, I got a 19. So it was just a slight improvement, but I still, you know, didn't do well. And I think getting that score really pushed me into uh, getting my health together because, you know, I kind of like suffered for a few years through this pre-med classes, working in the ICU, just struggling with pain. I refused to go into uh, migraine medications. I didn't want to be uh, for anything on anything for a long time. Um, and so that kind of pushed me into finding an answer how to heal myself uh, naturally. Uh, and my neurologist suggested diet. Um, and I think that MCAT score was like a real uh, eye opener to let, push me into fixing myself first before I can actually uh, apply to medical school. And just for conversion for students who aren't familiar with the old scoring system. So 17 and 19 is roughly like 485 to 490. Uh, so not not amazing scores. And uh, nope. you you retook it. Let's talk about uh, what it was like for you to um, to to sit down and study again. You are hopefully over your migraines at this point. You're yes. working as a nurse. You're taking your pre-med classes. What was it like to balance all of that? Um, I kind of learned, I mean, in the ICU, uh, you kind of learn to work think about multiple things at the same time and work quickly. And so I think that experience really helped me to balance my life outside of work. I was able to take on multiple things. Um, it was stressful for sure. Um, I didn't have as much support um, initially. I I joined the pre-med group, the pre-med hangout, and it's the best thing ever, I have to say. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't 
I didn't use it right away. I kind of like, I signed up and I tried to get off the Facebook um, and not use it as much because I really didn't have much time. But later on, I realized that that was a stupid idea. And that's really support that I needed. But the only real true supporter was my husband. And so juggling all of that was really tough when, you know, I'm in an environment of nurses who I almost seemed like a betrayal to them that I, here I am going from medicine. Um, some were supportive, some were less supportive. Um, my husband always pushed me to strive for more and he never questioned anything that I was doing. And my family sort of were not as supportive at first and then were on board and then not on board. Well, anyway, um, so it was definitely a struggle. Um, I, I don't know how I got through it. I There were some times that I almost became depressed because I never thought that this would be, uh, this journey would be ever over. Um, it almost seemed like every day is the same thing. I'm studying for MCAT. I'm studying for exams in my classes. And it's like the same thing over and over again. And I didn't seem like I was going anywhere with that. Um, yeah, so it was long and challenging for sure. You get your your new MCAT score back and it's still not where you want. What was that like for you? Uh, it was a bummer. I actually uh, studied uh, a good amount for it during the summer and I was getting scores in 500s and here I got my score and it's 498. And I've definitely made a few mistakes uh, with the last MCAT. I didn't take... Uh, one to two days off completely from studying, like everyone's adjusting. And I knew it. I just, I don't know why it's just to the last minute I was studying. And I think that made me even more anxious. And the other thing, uh, just getting the, taking the MCAT, the initial times, the old MCAT, when I wasn't fully ready for it and getting that low score back sort of set me on like a downstream where it kind of made me feel like I would never be able to, to do well on the exam. And um, so definitely my suggestion to any pre-med, take your MCAT when you're ready. If you have to take a year off, whatever time it is, prepare, take it once. Don't take it three times like I did. Um, and so what the, the night before the exam, I actually didn't sleep at all. I was trying to get to sleep. I did all the things that you could do, meditated, essential oils, herbal tea to help me sleep, nothing. I was so anxious. And I think it came from the fact that I didn't do well on the first two exams. And I already sent out application to one of the schools and like everything was writing on this exam score. And I went into the exam on no sleep at all. I had coffee in the morning and I think that really could have screwed me over. Yeah, I definitely think I could have done better if I rested and I didn't study till the last minute. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. As a nurse going through your nursing undergrad and then studying for your prereqs for medical school, for somebody who may be a nurse now or maybe going through a nursing curriculum, what was the difference in difficulty level and and kind of the depth of the material between your nursing classes and the pre-med uh, classes? Um, so 
sciences were definitely, um, I don't know if I would say hard, I guess harder on certain level in nursing, everything is, um, uh, everything has to do with diseases and, um, pathoanatomy. I didn't have to really take a biochemistry. Um, there was a dedicated class that had to do with microbiome biochem, but it was kind of like a combined class and didn't have the whole biochemistry, um, pathways and everything. So when I had to go through the pre-med classes, it was different, but I always loved sciences. The only thing I never really got physics. I mean, I, I liked it to a point, but that was, I, I didn't love it. And so, um, I mean, I had to make myself love the classes and just kind of go for it. I had my goal in mind and just kind of reminded myself every day that one day it'll pay off. And this is just something that I have to do. Um, I mean, I needed in medical school, but this is a way of getting there. Um, and the one thing that actually helped me being a nurse is uh, I actually, most of my uh, pre-med tuition got paid for by the hospital. Nice. So that, that helped out a lot. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't find it was a huge difference and wasn't too, too uh, difficult to make that transition. No, definitely not. Uh, I mean, the only thing was, um, I went to Rutgers for, uh, the pre-med classes. And so I ended up being probably the oldest one in the class. Um, I mean, everybody were just, you know, out of high school, they were taking this general classes, the general, general chem or, or go. And so I kind of ended up being one of the oldest. Um, so definitely just kind of like relating to people who were not at the same page in life, like we were striving towards different things, but I still ended up, you know, becoming friends with a few classmates and just kind of like working together on getting through the class. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. You, you said that you got your score back, uh, obviously not where you wanted to be, but your application was already out there, right? It, yes. it was out in the wild. Did you consider just pulling out and taking another break and restudying or did you, did you just like, I'll just go for it? Uh, well, since I sent it out, I was like, well, I guess I could take a January MCAT and just mm -hmm. resend this course. Uh, but I, at the same time, I was in the master's program in biomedical sciences. So I was having a full-time load of classes. Um, and I kind of, I, I kind of talked to my husband and he was like, just, you know, just send out the applications. It is what it is. We'll deal with consequences. Um, see what happens. And your husband's a physician? Yes. Okay. So he's got a little experience with this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he's definitely uh, has been a really great support. And so I sent out applications and um, the school where I was doing my master's uh, is actually osteopathic school um, in uh, my state. And so I was kind of hoping that maybe that would overlook that a little bit lower MCAT score and I can just get in there. Um, that was kind of like my I would say maybe top choice school to get into just the in-state tuition, the in-state school. Um, so I ended up sending out applications uh, to, I don't know the amount of school, but I know it was like around 20, 20 plus. Uh, it was under 25 for sure, but um, somewhere there. And I was, I was already kind of set on retaking the MCAT, but with 
the course load that I had. And once I started getting secondaries and the amount of essays that started coming in, I just got so overwhelmed uh, with writing. And there was really not enough time for me to study for MCAT and actually show a good difference. I didn't want to take MCAT just to have score improvement by one or two points. I didn't feel like it was uh, it would be a good reflection on my application. Um, so I ended up not taking January MCAT. Um, I canceled it actually because I ended up getting one interview. Okay. Why? Let's go back to why you were in a master's program. You did your pre-med, pre-recs. Why did you end up taking a master's program? Uh, so I started my master's in 2017. So that's what that was 10 years after graduating from bachelor's. Mm-hmm. Um, when my GPA in nursing, so the combined GPA, I think was like around 3.5. But when I started calculating my science GPA, it actually was like, 3.25. And when I was taking pre-med classes, I did get a lot of A's and B's. There was one C uh, just because I decided to put myself um, in a summer, uh, in two summer classes while working full time, which <laughs> was not a good idea. Uh, it was in organic chemistry too. And so I was like, well, I really have to show that I can take on graduate work and harder classes. And so I just last minute, I applied to two schools in my state uh, for a biomedical sciences master's program. I got into one uh, where I finished um, just a couple of weeks ago. And the other one I actually didn't get into. I applied with my old MCAT score. I didn't have any time to uh, take any more tests. And the one thing I remember is um, the admissions director for the school actually told me, that I will never get into medical school with my MCAT score and my GPA. And um, yeah, so that kind of pushed me even more to do better. And I went to uh, grad school that was like an hour away from my house. Um, yeah, but I feel like that kind of opened the door for me and showed medical schools that I can do okay. Yeah. You got your interview. What was that like when you got your interview? Stressful. <laughs> no, no, no. The news that you got an interview. Oh, oh, the news. Okay. <laughs> well, I cried. I swear to you, I think I opened, uh, it was in my portal. Okay. Uh, so I, I think I logged into my portal for the school, like, I don't know, at least five times just to make sure it was there. <laughs> like, did I, did I get logged into somebody else's account by accident? Right. I I had to make sure my name was right because I was like, there's no way the school gave me interview. And why do you think that? Let's let let me ask you that. Why do you think there was no way they would give you an interview? You know, I think after um, the admissions uh, director for a different school told me that I would never get into med school with my grades, I kind of always self doubted myself um, from that point and kind of told myself repeatedly that I would never succeed, even though, you know, I kept going, taking classes, Mm -hmm. going to masters. But in the back of my head, that thought was always there that I will never succeed because it took me so long. Like I started the journey in 2012 and it's already 2019 and it took a while. And And where, where in your journey were you when this admissions committee person said this? 
so that was in 2017, right before, um, okay. that's when I applied to graduate school. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say school's name. Nah, you don't need to. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I pretty much applied to two graduate programs and the, the one graduate program where I didn't get into, that's when they told me, cause I asked them, you know, what was the reason that I didn't get into? It was very, it was like literally five minutes from my house. So it was really convenient, uh, location wise. And so that's when they told me that I would never get into with my, into medical school with my scores. So that was just two years ago. Yeah. And haha, prove them wrong. That's right. Yeah. It's it's crazy the the people that put out those sorts of statements. Whenever there is right. such an extreme statement of you will never, right? Or you will always. Usually right. those two statements are always wrong, right? <laughs> to to right. to put out another extreme statement. They're always wrong, or I could say they're never right. Um right. you just you just can't throw that sort of statement out there cuz there are always exceptions to the rule. Right. And, and the funny thing was that, you know, master's program, I, I felt like it was, it's meant for people to show great improvement, show that they can succeed in medical school and do well in master's. But, you know, saying something like that for a graduate program that's meant to prepare somebody for medical school, it's kind of like, I don't, how could somebody even say that? Yeah, definitely. So what was it like on your interview day? Your book came in very handy. <laughs> oh, thank you. I read it, uh, you know, from front to back. Uh, it was so helpful, but it was only one interview. So it was nerve wracking. It's like all these years of work that I put in and it all comes down to, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of interview. And I researched the school uh, on the SDN because a lot of times they actually list interview questions. Um, so kind of prepared with that. Uh, your book was amazing, uh, but I was still super nervous. Um, and I mean, the school was relaxing. Like the dean came in, uh, kind of told us, you know, this is probably the most laid back interview you will ever have in your life. So just kind of like take it easy, enjoy. And I was, I met some really great pre uh, medical students and uh, students who were applying. So I kind of like established some relationships before my interview. So it was, it put me at ease, but I was still nervous. And the first question, when I got interviewed by two professors, the first question I actually got asked uh, was by a pharmacology professor, uh, was why did I get a C while in nursing in pharmacology? <laughs> and that grade was like from probably 2005. So that was like from 14 years ago. And I literally died inside. I just, I froze. I was like, why would they ask me that? Uh -huh. Um, I mean, I, I, uh, I quickly kind of like recovered and I explained that at that time I didn't know how to study properly. Um, you know, you go into nursing, you get thrown into these classes that have so much information and nobody tells you how to study. Um, and so I explained that, you know, once I got into graduate program, um, I changed my study habits, uh, I study in a totally different way now and it can, it's reflected on my grades. And, uh, he actually looked and he was like, yeah, you're right. Okay. And so he liked that. Nice. What was the hardest question you got asked besides that one? Um, you know, there was actually no hard questions. Um, 
it was like a really conversational, relaxed style interview. Uh, I mean, they asked me why I didn't go for a nurse practitioner, like yeah. things like that, just like general things. But I think just asking me about the grade from 14 years ago was a little uh, kind of like, I don't know. It caught you off guard. Right. Especially if that was the first question. But towards the end of the interview, we actually started talking about, you know, places to eat uh, there and activities. So it kind of like, it really became very like a friendly conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Leaving the interview day, did you think, yes, like I nailed it. I'm going to get in. Uh, I... I actually cried. I went out for I went out for a drink because I, you know, I was still doubting myself. You know, after I got asked about that C in pharmacology, and oh, they also asked me about my MCAT. Um, but then the one professor asked about the MCAT, but then the other one kind of like said, "Well, you are in, uh, you ha- you weren't born here, so that's probably why you didn't do so well in on the verbal section. And I was like, yes, that's true. It's not an excuse. I could have done better. So I did a nail. We actually went out with my husband for a bourbon. We went to Kentucky together uh, for the interview because he ended up interviewing the day before at the hospital. Uh, so we had interviews together at the same time, pretty much. And so he nailed his interview. I got out of mine. I was like, crap. I I don't know how I did. It's the only interview that I got and I don't know. And so I kind of like had some bourbon. We relaxed and a week later on the Valentine's day, that's when the Dean called me to tell me that I got in. And that was like the happiest day of my life. What was that call like? Uh, I was actually getting ready for immunology exam. Uh, It was uh, our anniversary date, we actually got married on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and here he is calling me. And I saw the number coming from Kentucky. I just got out of the shower. I'm trying to get dressed. And he's like, I pick up the phone and he's like, yes, you get in, um, you know, all of that. And I was like, no way. Are you serious? <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. I cried right after. And it just felt so good. And I think I didn't really realize that I actually got in until I got the official letter from school. Um, and then when this, we started scheduling the move and everything, it, like I still have to tell myself that here I am in medical school already. It just, it was such a long process that I didn't realize it right away, like that I actually got in. You know, it's, it's funny. You, you talk about getting a phone call and you still don't realize it. I'm like, man, that would be a really terrible prank, right? On April Fool's. We're still in the heat of admissions and and spoofing right a, a phone number from a school and calling somebody who you know is waiting. That would that would be really mean, and I would never suggest anybody do that. Yeah, it totally would be, but it was it was so surreal that I like I didn't have anybody here next to me to pinch me that I was actually happening. <laughs> My husband was working, I was by myself at home, and I was like, "Did this just happen? Really?" Yeah, it was. It was funny. What has been the reaction from your nursing colleagues that that you're going to medical school? Um, I mean, they seem happy. I 
I haven't worked. Uh, I quit last year because I just wanted to focus on school and MCAT and applications. So I haven't, I only kept touch with them over Facebook. Um, and some, uh, a few of my work, um, friends from the hospital, uh, I kind of like meet up. They seem happy, but I honestly don't know if it's genuine. I know a few friends of mine that are super happy for me. But also know there's some of them that feel like I've betrayed them um, by going into medicine instead of the nurse practitioner. So I don't know if they're genuinely happy for me. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. What do you think is going to be the, the hardest part of your transition to medical school? Um, I'm super excited for the journey. I know it's going to be hard. Um, but I think I have to realize that I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. So I'm used to getting all A's in school, even like, even after I got accepted at this last semester, uh, my husband's like, well, you can relax a little bit. You don't have to get all A's on the exams. You can just, you know, take your breath, just relax. You deserve it. And I was still studying my butt off just to do well on exams. And I think in medical school, it's important just to um, kind of prioritize and not just do well in school, but also make sure to uh, that I can work out, have some um, family time and just kind of like um, make sure that I don't put all my 100%. Like, I know I have to put my 100% into school, but not to get burnt out. And I think that'll be my, my probably biggest challenge to make sure I, I don't burn out like I did during the pre-med, uh, years. I kind of like gave up on working out for a while. Uh, so that was a no, no. Or the student out there struggling and doubting their ability because of a poor MCAT score or poor GPA, what would you say to him or her to motivate them to continue on this journey that, that to never give up if this is something they truly want? Yeah, well, obviously I got in, so you can get in, whoever you are. And don't, you know, do not listen to anyone's opinions. Only your, whatever's in your heart, it's the only thing that matters. If been a physician is what you truly want, then go for it. It doesn't matter what grades you have, what GPA you have, what MCAT score you have. Everything can be improved. It's what in your heart that really matters. Surround yourself with people who are truly supportive. Um, you know, I cannot uh, state enough that you know, the pre-med hangout is probably the best supportive group there is because there is no judgment. Everyone helps each other out with, uh, with their stories. And that's how I got inspired by like Sylvia's stories, Chad's stories, uh, you know, listen to the podcasts, just keep going one day at a time. You have this big goal that will come true at some point. Do not put a timeline on when you're supposed to be in medical school, like I did in, initially, just keep on taking one day at a time. Uh, make sure you eat healthy, you work out. Don't put that, um, you know, don't put that aside. Don't just focus 100% on school. Um, have have a life where you can enjoy life, see your family, have a healthy life, 
uh, still go to school and eventually it'll all work out. You know, it, everything works out at the end. You just have to give the life a chance to kind of take you there and just enjoy the journey. Um, do everything that you can to prevent the burnout. All right. So there you have it. Mila, again, sharing her story from immigrant to pre-med to nurse, back to pre-med, and now finally starting medical school, having been through it all. Poor grades, poor MCAT scores, being told she'd never get in. She's proving that you can do whatever you want to do as long as you put in the time, you put in the effort, and you keep fighting for what you want. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. 